Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White, a Newcastle United podcast brought to you by Chronicle Live. We are the only place you need to come for all the up-to-date news about your club. We have a panel of expert writers who have covered the club for many, many years. We have legends of the game who also join us as special guests as well as writers from further afield. Hit that subscribe button and get your weekly update of Newcastle United. Hello, welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. It's time... Uh, to just dive into that game there that we've all just watched. Uh, Lee Ryder joins me now, back from St James's Park. Of course, we're talking about Newcastle 1, Aston Villa 1. Um, well, in comparison to Sunday's result against Sheffield United, it was a it was a, a much different performance and, and obviously the result was different. Can you just sum up what you watched there? Well, I thought Newcastle struggled in the first half, really, and you know, for better finishing, Aston Villa would have been out of sight, they had the better chances, they played the better football, they were more productive. And Newcastle were almost going through the motions, really. And, um, you know, they were lucky not to be behind. But going in at half time level, you thought, well, they're in with a chance now, they can freshen things up a little bit. Uh, but you could you could just feel that they were, you, you could see that they were getting tired. You know, we were right up at level six in the stadium, and you could see they were, they, they were spluttering a bit. And, um, you know, Aston Villa, you know, the fight for their life um, to stay in the Premier League. And they, they needed it more. They wanted it more. And 1-0 was just that slender lead. And, you know, lo and behold, a, a, a late switch off at the back. Um, and Villa get a deserved point. They probably deserved all three points. Let's be totally honest. Uh, let's not kid ourselves here. Newcastle were, were not at their best tonight. Um, but... Sign of a good team is you can still get something out of a game when you're not at your best. And they picked up four points from two tough games, in my opinion, and seven from like three games, if you look at it, going back to March. And if you'd been offered seven from Southampton, Sheffield United and Aston Villa, you would definitely have taken it. So, look, they're doing all right, but that wasn't a a vintage performance by any stretch. Do you think the Heat had something to do with it? We've just been speaking there off air and one thing you said was, it's been quite warm today. So do you think that had had something to do with it? Yeah, I think it was. Uh, even when you got in the stadium, it was, it, it reminded me on be, of being on pre-season. You know, we do, we travel everywhere with the team and you get a stadiums and yeah, just, just getting to the stadium is, is an effort. And we got the, the top of the stand and, you know, we, we were quite tired just doing that, you know, maybe we're getting older, I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, uh, you could see that it was going to be a factor. It, it's very, very humid out there. Um, I mean, I think it's still 20 degrees now, at like just after 10 o'clock. So it was 26 degrees at a kickoff. Um, Newcastle are not used to playing uh, in that type of heat. They're not used to playing at this time of year. We've had the 
strange three-month lockdown period where we just don't know what's going on. Um, we've, in terms of, we've been waiting for these fixtures. So here we are now, chucked to the system, back to work, doing these games, and uh, I think it's 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 taking its toll on the players. But as I say, the positive is they got a point out of that. Steve Bruce's. Uh, team, it was unchanged from that win over Sheffield United. A lot of debate on Twitter whether he maybe should have looked to have rested players ahead of this, the City game, the FA Cup quarter final. I'd put the argument forward that actually you want your players going with momentum into that game. So I was quite happy to see the team remain the same. What were your thoughts on that? Do you think it was the right decision to, to keep the same team at the start? It, it felt risky, but I'm sure that I'm sure there's a reason why they've done it. Maybe they thought that was the the best opportunity to, to win the game was to was to go with the same players. Maybe the players on the sidelines aren't quite there yet in terms of what, what they're looking for. So I think there'll be there will be a reason why they've, they've done it. There's no doubt about it. But it was for me it was risky in the fact that Matt Ritchie and Isaac Hayden have got soft tissue injuries now. Um, I mean you were. I was actually surprised they got through Sunday without getting any injuries, uh, but they haven't managed to do it at night. Um, Richie would be a huge miss against Man City in the Cup. He's the driving force in the team. Uh, Isaac Hayden's been very good in the last two games. So they would both be a big miss. And the players have got on the sidelines. Can they match the intensity of those two? You know, it's, it's a big question. And we'll wait and see what happens. But... Um, yeah, it was it was it was disappointing that they were both injured, but maybe there's someone who can come in. Bit of rotation on Sunday against Man City will be a tough game, and um, we'll see what happens. Two players who did come off the bench today: Dwight Gale, Andy Carroll. Um, and instantly, Andy Carroll's introduction just he just seemed to change the game. He seemed to offer a bit more than Joe Linton did. It just didn't happen for Joe Linton today. And then obviously Dwight Gale comes on. And, and grabs the goal with his his first effort. Um, them two look like they kind of work well together. The gel. Um, could you see that, that that is something they might use on Sunday or going 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 ahead going forward? I think it's possibility that one of them might might start the game. Um, we'll see. I mean, Andy Carroll. I don't know if he's ready to start a game, but he's certainly available to to come on and do half an hour like he, like he did tonight. And I mean. He just brings something different to the team, um, and tonight it wasn't a it wasn't a trademark Andy Carroll assist. It wasn't a, a flick on or a knockdown. It was a good bit of work out wide, and he's he's got a good ball across to Dwight Gale. And it was a lovely little finish as well. Something we know Dwight Gale can do with service. Uh, he's been in the team so many times and not had that, uh, but he but he got there tonight. So for me, Andy Carroll definitely worth having in the squad definitely worth giving another contract for a year on a page you play uh, Dwight Gale he's hungry for success at Newcastle he wants to do well and uh, he's had a wait for his chance took his goal really well I know he's delighted with it um, after the game I know he's absolutely delighted with that and he now wants to try and build on it so that's two good options for you on Sunday um, it will be tough against Man City but They've got a game tomorrow night, so Thursday night, Sunday, never a great combination for teams playing in Europe then. Um, Travelling to, to London and then having that turnaround to come all the way to the northeast. so it will be tough for them, Man City. But they're a class side and 
you know, depends. I mean, Liverpool going to win the league now. Um, great win for them tonight. So maybe they might just be a little bit deflated, feeling sorry for themselves. We'll have to wait and see. Um, Newcastle have got to be ready on, on Sunday, though, and they've got to have the best game. And Man City, you're going to have to have one of the bad games. So that that's where we are with that. Mm, well, certainly. Just quickly talk about the goal that Newcastle conceded. Robbie Savage on, on BT. I don't know, with you being at the ground, you might have not heard it, but he, he was, wasn't happy with Dubrovka. He said Dubrovka should have saved it. A bit, maybe a bit of miscommunication between uh, Shelby, who was in front of Dubrovka. For you, what, just an unlucky goal, or, or should Dubrovka have done better, do you think? Oh, I could hear Robbie Savage because he was uh, he was sitting right in front of him and uh, he's hard not to hear. But uh, yeah, uh, look, for me, <laughs> you have to tread carefully because Dubravka is so popular with, with supporters. And, you know, if you if you criticise him too much, you might, you, you might get a little bit of stick on uh, social media. But look, I'm sure he knows that he can do a lot better than that. Um, he's no stranger to the odd Rick. But if you look at his contribution overall, he, he wins more games and gets points out of games um, and clean sheets than he does make mistakes. We're all going to make mistakes uh, at some point. And Martin Dubravka, sadly tonight, it come, but he wasn't helped by Shelby. Shelby should have done better as well. They all should have done better, really. It was a set piece. You need to switch on. Um, they couldn't do Maybe, you know, the heat was the factor there that they were just mentally tired and drained, that they were lucky to be 1-0 up and they switch off at that moment and, um, yeah, it wasn't it. They won't enjoy looking back at that goal tonight. Put a question then. For me, there was a, if you take Alan St. Maximum out of that game and he, he had, a, had a good game, the lack of creativity, is it's quite alarming. Um, was Is that something that worries you? Because... For all Joe Linton didn't threaten today, again, you know, there was probably one opportunity where you see he's got to be gambling and that was a Alan St. Maximum ball back across the box. And, you know, if that's to like Gale, perhaps someone's on the end of that. If that's Alan Shearer, maybe. Is there, is yeah. there a lack of creativity in there or is it just, is that, is that too harsh a conclusion, do you think? I, I don't, I think it's not so much a lack of creativity. It's a, it's a lack of cohesion and, and, and connection. Um, that, Ball from St. Maximum across the fizzed across the face of goal. Someone should be attacking that. You know, there was, there was no one, nobody was anywhere near it. There was another great one from um, St. Maximum. Played a great ball down the down the right. Mankio puts a cross in. There's no one on it again. And you know that they're two great chances. You know, we always talk about Alan Shearer. He'd be he'd be bang on the end of them too. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I, I just. Think again. Are we asking too much from them at the moment to be playing the A game? Um, are they going to be completely on top of it? It's it's difficult. Um, they need to to really get into the strider. And at the moment, two games in, four points, one goal conceded. It's probably a better achievement than a lot of people would have, would have had a downfall. So maybe things will click. Um, going in the next two or three weeks. Um, it's probably it's probably start clicking and the season finishes. That's that's the way it is. But look, they, you can't say too much because they've got four points uh, from two tough games. They're on 39 points. I think that's a tremendous achievement. Mm. And that leads us 
nicely into the final question. Just how was Steve Bruce after the game? He was a little bit frustrated. Yeah, he was a bit um, deflated. He he was hot and bothered. Uh, he was in a little room. It's so strange what what what's going on there at the ground now because where we've got to stay in the sort of level six uh, boxes and the press conference takes place in a little room outside the dressing room and he's got to go in this red hot room and uh, yeah he was frustrated and you know it's it's little instances like that that shows how difficult it must be for them to to have a full operational match day going you know in terms of the communication they're going into different dressing rooms and things like that it's it's not the same as it normally is so they've got to overcome a lot of challenges um but steve bruce uh, you know i think he was philosophical about it uh felt they could have probably done better overall um but again i think he was he's a realist and he thinks yeah four points from six games not too bad um if anything it keeps them hungry for for sunday night against man city uh that, i mean getting the semi-finals is they can focus on that now. They've got the next few days, lovely weather for them out there to train. Um, I'm sure they'll, they'll enjoy that. Um, but obviously playing games in that heat is, is different because the expectations, the expectation is still the same as it, as it would be normally. So we'll see where they go from here, but hopefully uh, we're, we're doing a, a really um, happy podcast on, on Sunday night. Now joined by Kieran Kelly. Kieran, not the results, perhaps, well, definitely not the result we wanted, but maybe the result we possibly expected, given that Villa, you know, have got everything to play for, and Newcastle are arguably, well, now just a point away from achieving safety, really. Yeah, it's a point. I mean, um, kind of was personally hoping for a bit more, I thought. Um, the way they finished the game on Sunday was so encouraging. And I know it's been such a quick turnaround, but there's a reason why he didn't make any changes. Obviously, he had a very settled team and with momentum and um, just didn't seem to have the same incision. And the way Villa started, yeah, as you said, they look like the team who had a, were still playing for something this season. But equally, there's a reason why they're in the bottom three and kind of looked at times like they were the home team. It kind of looked at times like they were the team of confidence. It was strange, really. Um, but, you know, the, I think the key was they, they obviously didn't lose. Um, but when you think the the way the subs and the change of formation worked out, it was it was pretty inspired how quickly. I don't think even Bruce probably imagined that. Um, but just to be undone by... A set piece and thing with Huran is I think in the reverse game he scored a brilliant free kick everyone it's not a secret I don't think anymore that he's brilliant at set pieces and uh, Newcastle had had a warning a few minutes before the actual goal from one of his corners and, and the same thing happens again so I think for me it was, it was a bit frustrating I, I think that they did so well to clearly they weren't playing well and then it's hard obviously in the heat and three days after you played your first game they're still getting a match fitness up but to get yourself in the lead and then just to 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 kind of get pegged back like that, I think was was just a shame, really. I I think as much as there's maybe not a whole lot to play for now that they're effectively safe, you you just would love if they could in games like that because you know they've they've still got to play Liverpool, they still got to play Spurs. I think 
weirdly with Newcastle, uh, when they play the top ten teams, they seem to be um, a bit a bit better. Whereas when they're playing those teams in and around the kind of in around them, um, it, it's always that bit trickier. And I think today was maybe a time as well where you felt if the crowd were there, that that would have given them that bit of a G up um, because the game just seemed to lack a bit of intensity from from Newcastle perspective in, in the first half. They finished the half stronger and kind of grew into it, but. Yeah, just for me, I maybe expected a bit more from them. Given that Villa had conceded 58 goals going into this game, the most in the league, yeah, um, you would have expected Newcastle to maybe challenge them a bit more in terms of defensive. We know the goalkeeper isn't the strongest. We everyone <laughs> saw that mistake against Sheffield United in the first game back um, since COVID-19 stopped the Premier League. So we know, you know, he's not all that confident collecting yeah. the ball. We saw Matt Ritchie have a, have a shot from distance and the keeper spilled it. There was no one rushing in and gambling on that. That's a, another question. We'll get on to that in a moment. But in general, the lack of effort on goal, um, does that strike you as a bit worrying, especially against a defence, like we say, is quite leaky? Yeah, it's funny how we've got from one extreme to the other on Sunday kind of thing. You know, hang on, this, this forward line do genuinely look really threatening and then today I think that's credit to Villa I think Villa actually played well and that, that shouldn't be lost in this either they, they did play well um, the way they 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 done their homework on Amir on some maximum that if you can just cut off that space where they can't run run into you know and get ahead of steam you, you cut out a lot of their threat at times so you saw that particularly in the first half when the defenders had a lot of energy how you know, Sam Max would have two players on him within seconds. They're really good and disciplined at that were Villa. And yeah, I think it maybe showed how, um, you know, Newcastle really do rely on, on those live wires. And if those live wires are getting blocked off, where's your kind of plan B? And the plan B obviously proved to be thrown on Carol and Gale. And, and that, that was brilliant. You know, it's really good to have something different from the bench, but I think, um, yeah, it, it just made you kind of, um, it just showed, you know, the, um, where, where the goal is going to come from on, on a tough day like that. I think they, we all know how much they've relied on defenders this season um, to step up in those kind of moments. And th- that didn't happen today. You can't expect your defenders to bail you out. Um, but I, I you know, if, if they do score three goals again this season, uh, it'd be quite an impressive feat, given that the last time they did that was in November. So maybe that result, given that was against 10 men, I know it was, it was credit to Newcastle to be so clinical, but it certainly kind of had me going into this game with, with maybe higher expectations. But ultimately, to get four points from these two games, I think everyone would have taken that before these two games. And, and that's ultimately what matters. I can hear everyone listening to this podcast now <laughs> shouting the word fool, Kieran, you're a fool. <laughs> I agree. Um, <laughs> um, Joe Linton obviously scores against Sheffield United and the hope was that he'd he'll build on that. I think he mentioned it in an interview, Steve Bruce mentioned it in the press conference, that the hope is that he'll settle down and he can he can start getting the goals now. Didn't happen for him today and ironically his best piece of work was out on the left where there's been so much debate is he you know is he better suited out there on the wide um you know he, he, i can't remember he got he got past but he got past somebody and yeah. left them for for dust on the floor and i suppose it's always going to come back to that debate is he better suited out on the wide 
because, and we spoke with Lee about this earlier, that one instance where he should have gambled, so Maxim puts the ball across, gamble, get something on it. You know, even if you put it over, at least you've gambled. And it's not the first time we've been sitting here saying, you know, he's not gambled and he needs to start gambling if he's going to be in Castle's number nine. Yeah, it's true. And there are a couple of instances where, um, on the flip side, I remember that Man Keel cross that just went over his head. And then there was another one where um, uh, Ming's got a really good blocking in the first half when, when he was through on goal. And I think you could see little glimpses of him that he looked like a player who scored his, his first league goal in 10 months um, just the other day. But um, as I said on Sunday, you know, it's not long before the monkey kind of gets back on your back. Um, he kind of has to show those kind of things as a minimum. You know, I think um, we all know he's he's comfortable with the, you know, for a forward, he is very comfortable running into space and um, he can obviously hold the ball. But it, it, was, it was a strange kind of game for him because I don't really remember Newcastle pumping long balls to him. I think the the emphasis seems to be on on kind of getting it wide and that he is always looking to break into the box. And obviously it's it's an instinct, isn't it? It's as much as being a finisher is about having cold blood and you can't necessarily teach that in a game situation. The idea of getting into the box nine times out of 10 is also kind of a bit of an instinct. And um, I'm sure that's something we're going to debate again and again. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens on on uh, Sunday because uh, obviously in the league game earlier this season he played that isolated role up front where they had three at the back and they were pumping it long to him and he was basically just tasked with holding it up and bring bring Sam Maximin in, bring Almiron in um, whether Bruce goes back to that or whether he, he shifts him out wide or whether he brings Carol in. There's a few, few issues all of a sudden that you think of could he change it up but I think all of a sudden you feel that they're they're going to pursue with him being the number nine. I, I I'd be a bit surprised if he shifts him out to the left again. I, I don't know if it's that productive for him just to be chopping and changing his position all the time. He, I think he needs that certainty of knowing that this is the position you're going to play in because uh, ultimately that I know there he can't learn because there's not time to learn given the stakes, but. Um, they just need to decide, you know, after this investment, is this guy going to be a, for me, you know, uh, an okay left winger when you already have someone like Sam Axman who, who has that position nailed down, or do you really persevere with him as a striker? Um, I, I think the, for me, it's just interesting what happens in the summer because I think Joe Linton in some ways is kind of the player you add to the jigsaw when you have the other pieces in place and he's been put in as kind of the main piece and, Maybe, obviously, that's not something he's used to at Hoffenheim. He played in partnerships and stuff, and it's probably been a big change for him in so many ways. So it's an interesting one uh, going forward. Certainly is, and that leads us to our final question. You mentioned him there, Alan St. Maximum. I feel like, you know, we should start charging every time we mention just how good he was because, <laughs> yet again, we're talking about him probably being Newcastle's star man, um, at least today anyway, you know, Robbie Savage was raving about him. He did pick him as his man of the match. You know, we saw a day, one of his best performances, I think, where it was one of those where, even though, like you've mentioned, the Villa 
defence tried to crowd him out, he still found space to run in and he was still taunting them. He was still twisting and turning. Um, and okay, none of it really came off, but I felt like he was he was free in a way. And we saw we, we saw a really good side of him today. We saw the, the nice Maradona he did and he was trying to bring others into play. And we saw a selfish side of him as well. And I thought, yeah, I thought he had a really good game today. Yeah, I think it's it's um, a bit like Traore at Wolves. I think this situation that you know a lot of defenders are, are obviously tiring around the hour mark could really play into his hands because lockdown's been good for him. He's he's obviously had a chance to essentially kind of do a personal preseason that he wasn't able to do last summer because of the move and the disruption of the move and he was in and out of the Nice camp and stuff. So um, I think it's not a coincidence really that he. He started to find that space after the hour mark and like you said those couple of bits of skill that only he can do and uh the the team know that he's that one player who can just pull something out of the hat and that's not going to change and i think um you know opposition will managers will think of ways to you know double up on him but the hope would be that another player such as almiron can benefit then and he maybe has that extra second but um he's He's certainly coming to his own. Um, I thought he's brilliant on Sunday. Obviously, his man of the match, and he was that one player today. You felt when they were getting frustrated and couldn't break down Villa or couldn't even have a shot. He was that one player. You felt whether he was switching wings or just popping up everywhere. He's the one you felt could could try and change it. So uh, he he's a huge player for them. I, I don't think any doubt he's their talisman now. Uh, it's it, it's been. As much as Joe Linton's maybe taken time um, to adjust to the Premier League, it's been quite striking how quickly some Axman's kind of bedded in. And I point to the way, you know, when, when we first watched him, uh, that Sanetian game, I don't think then we necessarily would have envisaged him being someone who would track back. And he does chip in with, with that as well. And uh, I think that's probably been the biggest sign because Bruce, I remember asking about this, you know, uh, Vieira, had said he didn't sacrifice himself enough for the team and Bruce said you know if he doesn't do that he won't play and you know the reason why he does play obviously is because he's uh, so amazing going forward but he does chip in as well and that's really important.